go with us in your Bible to Psalm 98 this evening. Psalm 98. And we'll get into the message here in just a minute. Psalm 98. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us this evening. Father, we certainly again do love you and thank you for Calvary. We thank you for the blood of Christ that cleanses from all sin. We thank you for salvation freely offered, most of all, just for who you are. Lord, that you give us the privilege uh, to know you and to approach your throne of grace in prayer. And I pray tonight that you'll uh, speak to our hearts and speak into our lives through your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray you'll help us this evening, Lord. I know uh, many hearts tonight uh, with many different burdens and struggles, and I pray that you'll just uh, help us to put the cares of the world aside for a little bit and focus on your word tonight and get the encouragement we need uh, to uh, go on and face uh, the daily events of this life. And Lord, we look forward to the day that you call us home and we can spend eternity with you, but we pray for the many who are still lost without Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to work in their hearts and lives as only you can draw them uh, to you. I pray they'd be receptive and responsive to your uh, clear message and, of grace. And, and Lord, uh, again, well, we don't deserve the least of your mercies, but we're thankful for them. And certainly, Lord, we counted a privilege to be here this evening. Lord, I pray again you'll bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, uh, let's see. We are in our From Victim to Victor series. And uh, to this point, of course, last week we paused a little bit and we talked about uh, love. It was Valentine's Day. It seemed appropriate to do so. The greatest Valentine ever given was given on a cross some 2,000 years ago. And that Valentine said, it is finished. And I'm thankful for that. But back to our victim to victor study. And we have identified so far... Uh, these following themes, the edge of victimization, the enemy of victory, the errors of victims, the expense of victimhood, the effect of victimizing, the exchange of victimhood, the establishment of victory, and then a couple weeks ago was the examination of victory. And so that brought us to where we are now, and over the next few weeks, we're going to deal with one topic in multiple different parts. And so we're going to look at now the exercises of victory. And we'll be in part 10 of our series tonight uh, with this thought. The exercise of the fundamentals. The exercise of the fundamentals. Look with me, Psalm 98. We'll read the entire psalm. Uh, let not your heart be troubled. It's nine whole verses. Psalm 98. The Bible says, O sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. That's what we did tonight. We made a loud noise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm. 
With trumpets and sound of cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for He cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall He judge the world and the people with equity. That's Psalm 98 in its entirety. I want us to notice a few things before we uh, get to the main points of the message here tonight. But from this psalm, we discover some fundamental truths. In fact, I have uh, four of them for you. Uh, These fundamental truths. Number one is that true victory comes from God. That's a fundamental truth. Truth, And we see it in verse 1. He hath done marvelous things. Look now at verse 1. His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. True victory comes from God. Fundamental truth number 2. True victory conveys redemption and righteousness. So true victory, it comes from God, but it conveys Redemption and righteousness. Verse 2, The Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He openly showed. Hmm. It seems that the focus here is specifically upon God because true victory comes from Him and uh, redemption and righteousness are conveyed by Him. Fundamental truth number 3, True victory consists of mercy and truth. Verse 3, He hath remembered His mercy and His truth. Fundamental truth number 4, true victory changes the world. Verse 3, All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So true victory... We, we like victory, right? You better say yes or else you're just telling me that you want to be a loser. <laughs> victory. We like victory. Well, true victory comes from God. True victory that comes from God conveys redemption and righteousness. It consists of mercy and truth and as a result it changes the world. Now, I want to ask you a question. That means that God's victory makes our lives easier, right? Wow, that was a quick answer. It's the wrong answer. No, I'm kidding. You'll remember from the parts we've looked at prior, just like happiness is not the end goal, happiness is a byproduct of godly living, so also... Ease is not the end goal, but ease comes as a byproduct of God's victory. John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you. This is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Your computer might go kaput. Your dryer might go out. You might have a health issue. You might have 
lost a loved one. In this world, in the world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. See, it's God's victory that overcomes this evil world. And if you and I are going to be victorious overcomers, there are some things that we must evaluate and exercise. Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, the Bible says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let let me say it this way, you know, put the cookies on the low shelf for us tonight. Victors understand that life with God and life for God is far easier than life without Him. See, it doesn't matter who you are, the God-fearing and the God-forsaking both encounter struggles. The God-following and the God-fleeing both experience troubles. The God-seeking and the God-scorning both endure difficulties. So that brings us to some questions. Who makes the difference? Well, I answered that one for you by saying who and not what. Who makes the difference? God. What makes the difference? God's grace. What is the difference? Victory. How do we experience the difference? Exercise. Boy, weren't you glad you came on Wednesday night? Exercise. What kind of exercise? Faith. It's the simple pattern for victory. To be victors rather than victims. You and I are going to have to trust God's fundamental truth and exercise our faith. Now you will understand tonight that exercise requires diligence. It requires determination. It requires discipline. Boy, it's easier to get up in the morning and say, I'm not working out today, than it is to get up and say, oh, well, here I go to the treadmill or to the, you know, free weights or to the walking track or to the whatever it is that you do. I exercise my arm when I eat donuts and honey buns. You, you know as well as I do, it's easier often in things of life not to than it is to, especially when those things require effort. I, uh, uh, my wife and I, I, for whatever reason, I guess it's just to keep us out of the trap, but every now and again we will uh, watch some episodes of that Hoarders TV show. And I can't watch too many of those. It's, it's a good thing. You know, I, I, that's not a show that you just want to sit and binge watch. But there was one on recently, and the woman that, that was on the show, her, there's no other way to say it, her house was a disaster. I, I mean, disaster. Trash and bugs and all kinds of other unmentionable things uh, that were there. And, of course, uh, they had children living in the home. You're like, how in the world could they do that? But this is what the woman said. I I didn't realize 
that it had gotten that out of control. I, I just, you know, I, I just decided I, I didn't feel like picking this up or I didn't feel like doing that. And then before she knew it, she was living in a mess. And I'm like, wow, there's some great spiritual application there. You know what? I, I don't always. Uh, now, now, fasten your seatbelt. I know I'm a preacher, but I don't always feel like reading my Bible. Do you? I know you don't. I don't always feel like praying. I don't always feel like, uh, you know, standing for right and for the truth and walking with the Lord. I don't always feel like that. And there are some times where it seems that that requires a monumental effort to do. Exercise, it requires diligence, determination, and discipline. And when it comes to faith now, God gives every man a measure of faith. The Bible's clear. You can read it, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, God has dealt to every man a measure or the measure of faith. And God also gives us the means to grow that faith. Well, how do we grow it? Good exercise. I've often said it, exercise is a muscle. If you don't exercise your faith, It won't be long. You won't have any faith. But you exercise your faith. You know what? But here's the part we don't like. So just listen, but pretend you're not listening. Here's the part we don't like. To build our faith often requires heavier weight. You know, and my wife at home she this i don't i don't understand why she has this pair of dumbbells josh and bethany i mean um i'm the kettlebell <laughs> no no my wife has this pair of dumbbells they are 1 pound each So I pick the thing up and I'm like, why? You know, this is, that's, that's easy for, for me. I don't know what she's laughing about. She's slain in the spirit or something. She'll correct me after, I'm sure. But, uh, there's one pound, you know, the, the weights. And I'm like, uh, okay. Now, how many times am I going to have to move that one-pound weight before I feel something? Well, quite a while, you know. But she has another set of dumbbells. And these are the adjustable ones. And they got the little the levers on them. And you can adjust them, what is it, like 8 to 30 pounds or something? I was close. 5 to 30 and in the, you know, you slide the lever to whatever weight you want and you pick those up. Well, I can tell you this. I can lift that one-pound dumbbell a whole lot more times than I can lift that 30-pound dumbbell. However, that 30-pound dumbbell over time, that's going to build up my strength. I was watching some video of some guy in a gym and he's like got these hundred pound each dumbbells. And I'm like, you're a dumbbell. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but strength. You, you know as well as I do, what's the one thing you don't pray for? Patience. Why? Because God is going to give you something in which to exercise 
Your patience. Now, we, we ought to pray for patience, but we, we all know. We all say that same thing. I prayed for patience, and God just, you know, He loaded me down with burdens. Yeah. Why? So that you'll grow. So that you'll grow. So we have the means to grow our faith, and we know that it's going to take some effort. We'll give you a couple of verses. Acts chapter 24 and verse 16, talking about exercise, it's not a word that I made up, it's in our Bible. Acts twenty four sixteen says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Well, that's going to take some work. That's going to take some effort. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 and verse 6, it says, Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. And verses 7 and 8 say this, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. Y'all happy for that part? But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, notice here, there is this thought that we are going to uh, discipline ourselves and be diligent in this matter of putting forth some effort toward this thing called faith. So the question for you, the question for me is, will we exercise to grow victorious, or will we just choose to effortlessly go on as victims? My wife, years ago, she uh, she got uh, it was the I guess the craze was workout videos, and my wife uh, got one of these workout videos, and I sat there and I watched all forty five minutes of it. And then people on the screen, I watched all forty five minutes of it. I was wore out when it was over. <laughs> you, you, you notice what he said in the verse, exercise thyself. You know, you can get wore out watching somebody else do something, but it's really not going to benefit you at all. Remember now, true victory comes from God. It conveys redemption and righteousness. It consists of mercy and truth and The victory from God changes the world. So tonight I want to give you three fundamental facts, you know, for our consideration tonight. Three fundamental facts about God-focused and God-fueled exercise that leads to victory. So three things tonight. Number one is this. I want us to consider the power of our exercising. The power of our exercising. Look back with me at Psalm 98. Verse number 1, it says, His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. I shouldn't have to tell you this tonight, but it's good for us to be reminded the vile bitterness of this sin-sick world wants nothing less than for you and me to struggle as broken victims. This world is... No other way to say it, hell-bent on making you a victim of something. For us to fall victim to the 
vile, venomous tentacles of violence and vice that will crush us now in their constricting grip. They want you to fall. This world wants you to fall into that trap where you're a victim. You can never see victory. You're always going to be a victim. It's always going to be your fault. You're always in the... That's, that's the world. It's going to push you and push you and push you. And you say, oh no, that's for other people, but not for me. No, that's for everybody. Why? First Peter chapter 5 verses 7 and 8. First Peter chapter 5 verses 7 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants nothing more than to absolutely destroy God's people. And he's good at it. He's very good at it. And you say, well then what in the world am I supposed to do? How in the world can I have victory? says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. You know, that means that you're going to have to exercise that faith to stand against the devil. Now, you know as well as I do. It takes power to break free and to stay free. And that power is not produced by us, but it can be possessed by us. 1 Corinthians 15.57 1 Corinthians 15.57 But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, this world's plan is to turn you into a victim. You never to see the light of victory ever again. And unfortunately, we're watching as the devil is more and more successful as the days go on. I don't have the exact statistics to give to you tonight, but they're freely accessible online. You can go and and look into this for yourself. But we have seen, without exception, over these last years, this exponential rise in depression, in suicide, in addictions, in all of these different things. Why? Because people don't have victory. Well, my life's awful. I just go ahead and end it myself. It it happens every single day. And I'm not here to make light of that tonight. My heart grieves for that. Well, living for God's too hard. I guess I'll just quit. But yet people are doing it. And even worse... People are walking away from God thinking, being told, and being led like they're walking closer to Him and they don't even see it happen. To make you a victim. A victim of what? A victim of a godless life. A victim of the devil's strategy. A victim that he wants to destroy. But see, God's plan is not for you or for me, or for anyone else for that matter. God's plan is not for us to be victims. 
He wants you to be a victor. Now wait a minute. He has the power to work the victory. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that when life gets tough and life gets hard that I can remember, hey, God's desire is that we're victorious in Him. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You notice he didn't say that you're greater than he's that he that is in the world. He said, greater is he that is in you when you're saved and indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Hey, friend, greater is he that's in you than any that are in this world. First John chapter five, verses four and five. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory, there's our word, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm here to tell you tonight, our faith in God opens that door to victory. Oh, the victory is won by God and the power for that victory is God. But it requires us to exercise our faith. I want you to know tonight, the victim continually refuses Christ. That's the victim. They will continually refuse Christ. And I'll tell you what it sounds like in a church setting. It sounds like this. Don't bother praying for me anymore. God's forgot about me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's 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 the reaction I want to give. Because if you are saved by the blood of the crucified one, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't care what this world piles on you, God's power is greater. And you'll find when you fall into this state of being a victim, you'll find yourself refusing now, resisting and pushing back against the things of God. But the victor confidently receives Christ. God's victorious power is received by our ready, real, and responsive exercise of faith in Him. You know, there's a lot of people that God give me the strength to do this. No, no, no. Yeah, you're going to need strength, but God, in your strength, would you please help me do this? See, we want something from God so that we can then detach ourselves from God and then go on and then all of a sudden the victory's gone. We're like, what happened? Faith. You disconnected your faith. It's amazing to me. God will give you plenty of opportunities to exercise faith. And here's what I found. If we'll just exercise our faith in the little things... 
and we'll learn to trust God in everything, then He'll take care of everything. The victim continually refuses Christ. Boy, that's a sad place to be. I've been there. That's not a good place to be. That's the hog pen of the lost son. But the victor confidently receives Christ. Let me give you number two. So the power of our exercising, it's not our power, it's His power. Why? Because true victory comes from God. But number two tonight, let me give you the product of our exercising. Look with me back to Psalm 98 and verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a what kind of song? New song. Why? For He hath done, what's that word? Marvelous things. Simply marvelous. Sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. Hey, we sing the victory because of a victorious Savior. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hey, that had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with Him. And when the faith is placed in Him, you can sing that new song because of marvelous things. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 21. When you're having a bad day, remember this. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die, would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Why? Because I have been declared righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. I don't know about you, that's good news. And you know how that comes? That comes by exercising your faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... Are you here and saved tonight? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. How He gave His life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Oh, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. Psalm 118, verse 23. Well, how how do you know you're saved? Well, because the Bible told me if I trusted in the finished work of Christ and 
ask God to forgive me of my sins, realize that I'm a sinner, and just trust in Christ's finished work alone that I would be saved. That, that was it. It's just faith in the finished work of Christ. Yeah, but, 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 but what did you do? Psalm 118, verse 23. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. I didn't do a thing to save me. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Now, I gave you some verses. Gave you some verses from the Word of God. Gave you some verses from the hymn book. But you know what happens? The victim woefully focuses on faults and failures. You know, we can sing the songs. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well with my, you know, you can sing that and not mean it. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? There has never been a sweeter story, story of the Savior's love divine. You can sing that and not see the joy in that. Why? Because if you're stuck as a victim, you're focused on faults and failures. Well, if God loved me, He would have done this. Well, if God really cared for me, He would have done this. Can I tell you, God loves you so much. He's already proven His love for you. He cannot... Now listen, listen, and, and, and just try. It's impossible, but try and wrap your mind around this. God loves you so much. There is no possible way in this universe for Him to love you any more than He already does. Oh, preacher, you know, see, if, if, if you stopped and said, well, wait a minute, but victim, you're focused on faults and failures. But the victor now willingly focuses on the Savior in faith. Yes, I'm a wretch. Yes, I'm a worm. But thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. See, y'all can go kick rocks. The, the y'all there is the ones who tell me God doesn't love me. The y'all there is me that tells myself that God has stopped loving me. Do you understand that? The victim always looks at faults and looks at failures and looks at foolishness, but the victor looks to God in focused faith. God's victorious power is remembered by our ready, real, and responsive exercise of worship toward Him. That's another thing that's been lost in our day is this matter of worship. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all thy hands have made. 
how great He truly is. And it's time for us to get back and focus. What's the song say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Oh, when we experience the power of the exercise there of faith and it's God's power, when we experience that, the product of the exercising becomes that song of worship that we sing, that attitude of worship, that spirit of worship that we walk in. And you say, what's the point? Thank you for asking. Number three, the product. Oh, excuse me, the purpose. I already gave you the product. The purpose of our exercising. The purpose of our exercising. Look with me, Psalm 98, verse 4. Psalm 98, verse 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Verse 9. He cometh to judge the earth. Now, if we stopped there, that would be a little bit disturbing. The Almighty God is coming to judge the earth. But the verse doesn't stop there. With righteousness shall He judge the world and the people with equity. When we exercise faith in the Lord and exalt Him in our worship, we effectively witness to the world and watch for His return. That's the purpose. Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. I really love this verse. This same Jesus. Not a substitute, not a second best, not one of the angels, uh, you know, not, not the apostle Paul, not Father Abraham, no, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. We remind ourselves and others that the Lord finishes what He starts. And that through Him, we can remain faithful to a victorious finish. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Well, you ought to know this verse by now. Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's right there in the top of your bulletin. It's our verse for the year. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God hasn't changed one bit. He's still going to finish what He started. Amen. Ooh, I look forward to that day. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. We read 57 to you already, but we'll read it again. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we read that at the beginning, but then we looked at these three things, and now Paul writes in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren... 
Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But wait, we read those verses, and if you got that victim mindset, the victim says there's no point in traveling on. I just get off here. I just stop here. That's far enough. Wait a minute. The victor sees there's no point in turning back. (laughs) It's closer now. His return is closer now than it's ever been. What a day it's going to be when He calls His people home. And I'm telling you, Right now, I don't care how black this world gets, how dark this world gets, how evil this world gets, there is no point in turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. That's victory. Where we realize it's not our power, it's His. But He wants us to be victors. See, we often, we come to the New Testament and when Paul was writing Timothy and we read and we like, Paul says, I have finished my course, I fought a good fight and, you know, and we're like, oh, well, that's nice, you know, and I'm, God wants us all to do the same thing. Finish. Jesus said, I have finished the work the Father sent me to do. If we're going to be victorious, we can be. God wants us to be. This world wants us to quit. This devil wants us to quit. Our flesh often wants us to quit. Where are you going to focus? God's victorious power is revealed to the world by our ready, real, and responsive exercise of witness for Him. I'll tell you right now, there have been a lot of folks that say, well, you know, just, Jesus saved you, that's good. You don't, you don't really need to, (laughs) did did you just tell me to be quiet? (laughs) Here it comes, you know, and it's like, I cannot hold it. In what God did for me, who God is to this world. I'm telling you, friends, Jesus did pay it all. Jesus did finish the work. Jesus is still alive. Jesus is coming again. Jesus still saves lost sinners. Victory. Oh, victory. In Jesus. Hey, it's not time to drop the colors. It's not time to quit. It's not time to have a seat. It's time to stand and march on in the power of the Lord. Why? Because He's worthy. Somebody needs to hear that you know what? This world has made them a victim. And they don't see any hope in this world at all. And that person needs you to come along and help them turn their eyes on Jesus. And when they see that God is real to you and has really made a difference in you, my goodness, 
how they're encouraged to taste and see for themselves that the Lord is good. See, the object of your focus will define who you are. It'll define what you do. It'll define where you go. Wait a minute. The object of your focus will define how you finish. Four little statements will be done. Here they are. Receive His grace. Reflect His glory. Remain in His grasp. You know, it's a wonderful thing to be in God's grip of grace. That's a good song, isn't it, Miss Diana? Oh, I like that song. I'm in the grip of grace. And I'm thankful for that. Hey, receive His grace. Reflect His glory. Remain in His grasp. Wait a minute. Repeat His gospel. My encouragement for all of us, don't turn from the Lord to remain a victim. Trust the Lord and remain a victor. Next week, we'll uh, continue our uh, study here of this exercise for victory and we'll consider more the foundation upon which we exercise. Let's pray this evening.